Welcome to the Detox Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Gwena, certified holistic health coach and detox enthusiast, and I'm here to talk all things detox. Toxins exist in our lives in many forms, from the foods we eat, products we use, people we spend time with, and even the thoughts in our heads. Here we discuss how various toxins may be sapping our energy and vitality, and how we can detox to create a life we love. Each week, we'll discuss everything from nutrition, clean beauty, body image, stress management techniques, career and business, relationships, you name it. Whether it's with a guest or just yours truly, we'll get real, raw, and honest and provide tangible tips to detox all areas of our lives. If you're ready to step into the most vibrant version of you, let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the Detox Diaries podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. And I'm so excited to drop this episode. This week, I am talking with Cassie Leanne. She is a health coach and mom of two, just recently gave birth to her second. And we talk about her journey to rebalancing her body and her hormones and ultimately becoming a mom. She was diagnosed with PCOS when she went off the pill after quite some years being on it and was told by her... um, OBGYN obstetrician that she would need IVF in order to get pregnant. And she was devastated, but also knew that something else was up, that there was more to it, that something was just off in her body in general, and she really wanted to get to the root of it. So she began working with a naturopathic doctor, and after seven months, she conceived naturally. And as I just mentioned, she's actually now just given birth to her second baby. So Her story is really just so amazing and so inspirational, and we talk about so many other things. We talk about, just in general, the aftermath of birth control and lots of times the advice that you get from an OB, the genotype diet, which was really interesting, something that I had not heard of before, bioidentical hormones. We get into gut health and how it impacts more than just your GI health, how to support a healthy pregnancy overall, and what self-care really looks like as a mom. And... I mean, we talk about so many different things here. So even if you are not someone that is looking to get pregnant or struggling with getting pregnant or a mom or getting off the pill, which really covers probably (laughs) a lot of women out there fall into one of those buckets, but you really gather from this episode so many different um, amazing like tips and understandings of really just how our body is so intricately linked and things that maybe you wouldn't think are actually related are. So I definitely recommend staying tuned and continuing to listen to the episode. And I definitely recommend if you have anyone in your life that is struggling with getting pregnant or with PCOS or just rebalancing after the pill or someone who's currently on the pill and is not understanding how it's actually impacting their health. I know I wasn't for a really long time. So basically lots of people that could benefit from this episode and again would love if you're sharing. So I will stop gabbing away and let's get into it. Hi Cassie, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm also so excited to see you face to face. Cassie and I have been um, Instagram friends for a little over a year now. She was one of the first people I like messaged when I um, became a health coach and I just kind of wanted to find people for inspiration. So it was really nice to finally see you face to face. So I would love for you to just kind of kick it off with who you are and kind of your journey surrounding your health. Sure. Yeah. So um, my name's Cassie. I am um, a mom. I'm actually expecting my second in February. So I have a little boy right now that's 
21 months, keeping me really busy. And then we're expecting a little girl. So we'll have one of each. Um, Hands will definitely be full. Um, But uh, going, you know, I think most of my journey through health um, started a while ago. I think in 2014 is when I really started becoming interested in health. Um, My dad actually ended up having a minor stroke, like a TIA in 2016. And that really kind of pushed me to kind of get like the education, the certification, just to be like, these are suggestions that are coming from a resource, right? Like this isn't just what you're reading on the internet. This isn't just like, we want to help you dad. It's like, no, you, there are dietary and lifestyle changes that you need to make um, to be well for, you know, the rest of your life. So that's really what pushed me. And I wanted to help people. I didn't know how it was going to work in terms of like, if I would be charging as a service or just be a resource for people. Um, And it's definitely been a combination of both. You know, I've worked with clients and I've also just been kind of a, a steady for family members, friends, referrals, things like that. So regardless of, you know, where it takes me in the future, um, I still think there's a lot of growth to happen. Um, I just, I really find a lot of, um, a lot of where my passion comes from is wellness overall. And I know that means something different for everyone. So, you know, fast forward to um, my husband and I got married in 2017. I was not ready to start a family at that point, but I had been on hormonal birth control for quite some time. So I, you know, went to my OB a few months after the wedding and for my annual and was like, you know, hey, listen, I'm married now not ready to fully, you know, start a family, but I've been on hormonal birth control for 10 years. Like, is there something I need to do to detox, to get off of it? Is there like a rebound period? And she looked at me point blank and said, if you're not ready to wake up to a positive test tomorrow, you need to stay on the pill. And I was just very taken back because I, I thought like, there has to be something, right? Like, is there, um, a sinking that needs to happen? Is there something in between that, that, you know, and she, and she just said, no, she's like, you don't, you would not believe the amount of women that come in here upset that they got pregnant because they went off of the pill. So of course that was like a mini scare tactic. I felt like, and I thought, okay, I'm going to listen to my doctor because I asked the question and I continued to stay on it. Um, till March 18, uh, just before our one year anniversary, I was 28 and I was like, okay, you know, like, let's, let's just see what happens. So I went off the pill and it was very interesting. Um, the first month, nothing happened, which I had read, like you could get some spotting, you could get, um, you know, you could feel ovulation, all these things. And again, like being on it for 10 years, suppressing ovulation in a period, I couldn't remember back to when I was 17 years old on what that felt like. And, you know, I remember being young and having like cramps at points and taking mitol and things like that but I I just didn't know what to expect so I kept like a journal and um you know had like all these side effects actually like I my skin was horrible like Mm -hmm. the worst acne I've ever had in my life and I really was so blessed to not have anything up until then so that was a huge change for me especially as you know an adult right like in a working and Nicole I know you and I worked in fashion like you're in a showroom and you're, Uh you're there. And it's, it was a big change because I had known these people for so long. And then all of a sudden my body's changing. I gained weight. I, my skin was oily, like all these things were happening. Mm -hmm. And I thought, is this really who I am without the pill? Like it starts to become a mind game of, 
is this a, a function of what the pill's doing in my body or was the pill masking things that could have been going on for 10 years that I wasn't addressing and had no idea what's going on. So, you know, and obviously you and I have in common, you know, really caring about health and digging deep and understanding, like it became a mind game. So I looked into all these diets of like, okay, I should take gluten out. I should take, um, you know, I was eating limited dairy, but I completely eliminated, I completely eliminated meat, went all organic. Um, and nothing was changing. And again, I was gaining weight and it just, none of it made sense to me and I wasn't cycling. So I said, okay, it's not like my hormones are fluctuating and this is a function of that. It was, everything was flatlined, completely flatlined. So I said, I want to do this myself. I'm, you know, I'm going to try. I looked into acupuncture. So in August of 2018, so just about six months of having no period, no nothing, no spotting, nothing. I tried, I tried taking my temperature. Um, it was, you know, sawtooth, they call it. So basically no consistent pattern at all. Um, I wrote all of this down for months, like had this whole history of things that I was dealing with, started acupuncture, went for four months, didn't really see anything, no improvement with acne really either. Um, and then I ended up going to a new OB, um, in the city at NYU, just thinking, okay, if I need to go to an OB, I need to be close to work. Um, and that's where I'd worked at the time and told her my story, told her that I'd been off the pill for, you know, however long. And she was like, yeah, I'm sorry, but like, it's going to be really hard for you to get pregnant. And I mean, I just started sobbing because I kind of already felt that. And then to go seeing a new doctor who had like zero sympathy and, you know, was really just like, don't worry though. We have like really good IVF specialists here at NYU, like best of the best. It's fine. And for me, I was like, there's something else wrong. And I need someone to, to hear that and to understand it. And I, that's when I realized, like I walked out of that office, I was like, I need to see someone who is specializes in a natural approach and can help me understand, even if I go to them and we do all these things together and she's like, it's still not working. I would at least be at peace and know that I tried because I knew something was being suppressed within me. So that's kind of like a broad scope of, of it all. Um, she did suggest though, that I get an ultrasound to see if there was this, um, you know, cause PCOS, obviously I was having a lot of those symptoms for PCOS. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that she did diagnose me with it because I did have the string of pearls via the ultrasound. I wasn't ovulating. Um, those are two out of the three criteria for PCOS. Um, so she had said, here's a script for the IVF, you know, specialist. And she's like, well, it's not even gonna work for you. So that was a lot to take in. It was again, October of 2018. So we're coming up on the holidays. Not a happy, not a time that you don't want to be happy and stressed about these things. My brother was getting married. I really just wanted my skin to look good for that. Um, so fast forward, I said to myself, okay, my birthday's in January. It's a new year. I am going to reach out and find a naturopath or a practitioner that can help me. I interviewed several. I ended up landing with one who was, you know, she was like, I can help you. I, you, you don't have PCOS. She's like, you have post-pill PCOS. I mean, she said this to me over the phone during a consultation without even seeing me. So I don't know if I held on to that and was like, okay, there's someone that believes that this is not truly what's going on in my body. It's just a function of, um, and you know, everything I had read from like different people online, like Dr. Jolene Brighton, Dr. Lara Brighton, they all talk about post-pill PCOS.
and how it's a coined term, but it's not actually like a medical definition. So when this naturopath said it to me, I thought, okay, yes, like you've seen this before, you know, this is a thing I'm willing to branch out and work with someone who some same thing believed that this was a, a temporary function and I just needed help digging myself out of it. Wow. <laughs> I, I figured I'd pause in case you have a question, but so that's kind of where it started. So um, it was definitely a long journey. I know a lot of people um, go through this and uh-huh. again, it becomes like a mental game because you wonder so often, like, am I doing the right things? Am I hurting myself? Am I, and Nicole and I will both recommend practitioners the way to go when you are dealing with something that you can't seem to, to resolve within three months by yourself. Everything I read said, give yourself six months to like get your cycle going. But again, temperatures never regulated, no spotting, no nothing. Like I just felt completely not normal because things were not normal, but there were no changes in my body that you're supposed to see, no cervical mucus, like nothing. Um, and I, that's at that six point, six month point, I said, I need help. I, I need someone to support me. I thought I knew everything about health and wellness. This is much deeper. And I think sometimes like surrendering and saying, I need additional support is like the best thing you can do for yourself. Absolutely. And I think it's so true to what you were saying with the, like when you go off of the pill and cause they say lots of times we go on the pill whether it is because we don't want to get pregnant or it's because of our skin or our cramps. Like lots of times people go on the pill because they're experiencing a symptom when they're 16 or something like that, that they no longer want to experience. And so when you go off of it, exactly like you said, you're like, is this the real me or is this induced by the pill? So I can totally relate to that. I went off the pill a couple of years ago too, after being on it for like 15 years and exactly that you're like, what's like things that feel off. You're like, I don't know how to interpret this or how to deal with it. So, and the other thing that's crazy too, is they say that our period is our fifth vital sign. And we're just completely missing all of that knowledge when we're on hormonal birth control for all of that time. So, I mean, I definitely think people can totally relate to, unfortunately, a lot of people deal with this going off the pill and not being able to regulate or feel like themselves for much after that. So I would love to hear, obviously the spoiler alert, you're a mom. So we know it worked out. So I would love to hear kind of then once you ended up seeing this naturopath, what was she able to tell you and kind of what was the path from there? Yeah. So her, so her philosophy was, it was a combination of, first of all, she did tell me, um, she wanted to know everything I was doing and she wanted a quick diary summary of like what my diet was. So we worked in tandem with a nutritionist within the practice. So she was more of like the herbal um, side. And then I, there was a nutritionist who I work with, um, but they, their philosophy was the genotype diet. So basically it was like a three hour consultation where we went through all of, um, you know, questions about me, my living situation, my stress levels, exercise, diet again. And then she took my fingerprints she measured my femur bone. She measured my sit bones to the floor. She measured, she pretty much measured like every part of my body, my, my, my skull, um, you know, different, just like different features of our body. 
all like muscular parts too like like not things that would change based on your weight or something like that correct yeah like exactly everything exactly everything that I was born with and she then put all this information into the computer and spit it out and was like you're a hunter-gatherer based on what your ancestors were like this is your genotype and then I also had to go get blood work done across the street came back she was like oh your blood type um, your O. So this is the diet that the blood, you know, the O blood types need to follow. So in tandem, then they kind of like mix it together and say, this is what your ancestors ate. This is, this is your DNA right here and what it thrives off of and what is helpful for you and harmful. So I think what was pretty alarming for me, um, especially, you know, being a health coach was, you know, we stress healthy habits, healthy eating, healthy you know, everything has a purpose. And when you think, okay, an avocado is a healthy fat, you need to add more healthy fats here, have an avocado a day, half an avocado a day, whatever it is. And then for me to see this binder that showed an avocado as a harmful food, my head was spinning. I said, I eat avocado every day. Oh my gosh. I eat coconut oil every day. I eat this. She's like, yeah, you, there's, you should cut back on those things and add more of this. And then there was, there was a decent um, middle ground where they're like, so it was green, yellow, and red. Really want to obviously focus on your superfoods, which were your grains. The yellow was like in moderation in tandem with, and then the reds were avoids. So I had to cut out a lot of things that I was used to eating that I loved and add things that I had cut out because I thought that those were the things that were hurting me. So again, going back to this like mental, this mental game is you think you're doing everything right. And then you visit someone who tells you that's not right, or that's not the best choice. And I need you to trust me and do this for a few months to see the results. And as someone who is in the health space and felt like, I don't know, I don't know how, how I'm going to be able to trust this and go forward with it and stick to it. Because I felt like, again, a lot of things that I was eating daily needed to be eliminated. And, you know, they stressed adding eggs. And I was like, I feel like the eggs are contributing to my acne. And they were like, no, please, like, it's going to be okay. Like, you have to trust us. So that's what I had to do. I had to take a step back and say, I've only, you know, for six months, I did, I tried to do this myself. I came here for a reason. I, I have to trust them. I have to, I have to like dig deep and understand that there's a reason I'm here with this naturopath because it's not the only one I talked to. Mm-hmm. I had a really good feeling about her from the beginning and I had to like go with it. Um, and I think, you know, and it's hard to say, like a lot of people ask me, do you still eat that way? I said, I, it's hard when you're pregnant breastfeeding, it's very hard to follow a diet. And I don't think many people would suggest that you do, but it, it did teach me a lot for like long-term is, you know what? if there's an optimized way to eat, it doesn't have to be completely exclusive, but it's good to know, you know, she had the data to support why she was suggesting this. So for long-term health, like it is something that I'd like to continue to incorporate, um, you know, eventually when I get back to a a point of not having food aversions and again, breastfeeding and all those things that, um, that I'm going through now that my body just, you know, needs all the support and all the healthy fats and things it can get. So Um, I would say I learned a lot from that, but I don't know if there was one thing in particular that contributed to it because I think it was a combination of the diet, you know, 
we looked at exercise and she said, I want you to slow down. I just want you to stop thinking about this and relax, do some things that you love. Um, and I loved exercising, but I do think that there comes a point sometimes where when you want something so bad, it becomes unhealthy. And I felt like, oh my God, I just have to like keep sweating and working out and like getting my hormones to rebalance themselves. And again, it's like, do some yoga, just meditate, just walk, just chill out. Um, and then the herbal component, I think Chinese herbs are, hold so much power. Um, that is one place though, I do feel like can be hurtful if you're not working with someone just because unless it's being tailored to you some for something specific, um, there's different like doses that I think you really need someone to kind of guide you there and give you what's appropriate for what you're dealing with. Um, so yeah, I took Chinese herbs for, I would say I started with her February 1st. So for the diet, it was four months from the day I started till I got my first period, which was June 1st. So exactly four months. So I ovulated, let's say three and a half months in. Um, and it was, it was a lot. It was a lot of commitment. It's definitely an investment, but you can also spend a lot of money trying to navigate and do these things yourself. And you don't realize till you look back and say, oh my gosh, I spent all this money on supplements and acupuncture and like just trying to like feed into anything that is available. And, and just, I had to take a step back and say, okay, this is professional help and it's worth investing in. Absolutely. And I think the other thing is you could have easily just not even tried any of that and spent so much more on IVF and not solved exactly. like the root issue. Like exactly. There's so many different ways that you could have walked out of that initial or that second OB appointment and taken so many different routes. And obviously it's so amazing that it landed where it did. And I do think it's so interesting. Again, obviously as health coaches, we have our generalized advice that we give to people based on just an overall healthy lifestyle. But at the end of the day, like our bodies are all so different and you just never really know. So I think I'd never heard of that genotype thing. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting, but I did know that they say that O types generally do better with like less carbohydrates, more animal products. Obviously I'm anti-animal products for all different <laughs> kinds of reasons, which, you know, we can, there's so many different reasons to feel the way we feel about the things that we eat, but it's just so interesting how many different ways we can kind of assess our, our body and the way it operates and what is best for us. So my question was going to be, do you still like when you are not either breastfeeding pregnant, which you've probably been for the most part for the last couple of years, but yeah, do, exactly. are you really sticking to that diet or is it just sort of in the back of your head is like, Oh, like I love avocados, but I just don't eat them every day anymore. Like that kind of thing. It's definitely in the back of my head because, you know, to be honest, the fertility thing was a huge problem. The, the root cause of the problem. But again, seeing that acne, I needed to figure out what was going on. And I think we should touch on gut health now, because that was one of the major sources of the hormonal imbalance and what happened with um, the post pill PCOS. And what was explained to me was that that's what happened. Like the pill basically just ruins your gut. There's it's, it wipes everything out. Um, there's really not an opportunity to help promote good bacteria growth. Um, there's not a ton of research on why it happens. Cause those were all my questions were, why does this happen? Why do we not talk about it? And they said, it was just a, it's a foreign hormonal 
synthetic hormonal substance going into your body. Right now, no rhyme or reason as to why or what's happening, but we do know that if someone has a major gut imbalance, it's related to hormones. And if there's artificial hormones, hormones involved, that's usually the source and the reason for it. That's another thing I should add is I was taking bioidentical hormones, so creams. So I had, um, along with the um, the tinctures, like the Chinese herbs, I would take four different ones. So there was one that I would take week one, then there was one that I would take weeks one and two to help promote ovulation. And um, for anyone that's interested in um, or dealing with something similar or just even interested in what, you know, what specifics we have. I know I said I would send Nicole um, all the resources. So not to worry, you can look at like the herbal blends and I can even give you the naturopath's name. Um, but then there was a week three and four and then a week four. So I would have to space those out, take them every single day. And then I had to do two weeks of um, estrogen and two weeks of progesterone. And again, it's, it's bioidentical, so it's not synthetic. Um, progesterone does, is derived from wild yams. So that was something that I had learned. I read it in one of the books, but when, you know, I looked at the ingredients, I was like, not sure about all of this. And she's like, it's giving your body the chance to register these hormones and learn to create their own. I basically had to reteach my body, like how to cycle. Wow. which is so crazy when you think about it, but also even crazier that it only took three months of doing it this way versus thinking like, oh, let me just give my body the time to figure it out on itself. The lights were on, but no one was home. Like my body was just not able to figure it out. And I think a lot of it she said was your gut is so damaged that like the signals are just, it's not happening because there's so much disrepair that needed support that I was not addressing. So one of the things she did was, um, I, she ordered me, uh, I think I took a cortisol test and a gut test. She saw that my cortisol was high, but it wasn't alarmingly high where um, that wasn't like, that wasn't the one reason I was not cycling. Um, it was really more of the gut. So she basically saw that I had zero, like, you know, they, they kind of like rank it. So it was in between zero and one, but like very close to zero. So she had said, you, base, you essentially have zero good gut bacteria, which is why your skin is reacting this way. Um, but, but it's interesting because when people think of like gut health, I think they automatically think of what are your bowel movements like? What are you, how's your digestion? I had no problems with any of that. So like, it was very just perplexing on how something that I wasn't feeling any symptoms of where you would think the gut hosts for digestion, like its purpose it was everything else was wrong. And again, like you said, periods are a fifth vital sign. Our gut is our second brain. And we're constantly learning about what it relies on and the sources that it needs to function and talk to other, um, you know, other systems in the body. So that was her first, like the first thing she wanted to see was like, what's going on in there. She also found that I had this like very, very rare strain a bacteria called Klebsiella. And she, we were on the phone for our like post, you know, like we analyzed the results together. And she said, Cassie, I have to be honest with you. I've been doing this for a long time and I've only seen Klebsiella come up one time 
for a male in his 50s from the UK. And she was like, I have, and she goes, and it was very minimal. So we eradicated it pretty quickly. You have like a significant amount in your body right now. And I was like, what? I was like, I've never been to London. Like, you know, and then I'm, and then I'm again, thinking back, like, okay, I went to Italy in 2017. Like, did I eat something in Europe? And now like it's been harboring my body where did this come from and now I'm like should do I go out to dinner did I get this from food here like what because that's what she said is it's probably from something that you ate at some point and it's just again a major mind you know it's so perplexing but again if I took that test on my own saw Klebsiella would have no idea what it was would have no one to interpret it and would have no one to reassure me that like it's okay I know how to get rid of it I know what herbs we need to, you know, you need to take to help address that. Um, so again, just a major like reassurance of, hey, this is what's going on. This is how we're going to fix it. And I just need you to commit to that. And I think, again, relating it back to being a health coach, you get people that want to come to you because they know that either there's something wrong and they want support or they want to make these changes themselves. And that's how I felt like my relationship with my naturopath was because I was receptive to the things that she wanted me to do because I was so desperate to figure this out and, and heal myself that I just put like all of my faith into everything that she suggested and it ended up working. Wow. That is crazy. (laughs) Yeah. But some other recommendations just for like gut health in general, um, that I had known about before, but really again, like reinforced while working with her were, um, good quality probiotic. Going back to the testing though, that's where I do think, you know, a lot of my friends or clients will ask like, well, what do you take? What do you suggest? I said, listen, everyone's strain of bacteria is so diverse and different. I can give you brands that I believe are, you know, using good quality ingredients. They're testing well, they're rating well, like they're recommended by practitioners. There's some brands that you can't even buy. You have to get through a practitioner um, that's where I would say, like, let's start here. But I do find that people that seek a probiotic because they feel like there's an imbalance would benefit from a test because you could be feeding too much of the wrong bacteria and, or not eradicating what's there. And just kind of, you know, a lot of people will say like, oh, I don't feel like my probiotics doing anything. It's not really supposed to do anything. It's supposed to support what's going on in there. If you feel off, then you need to address that. And then your probiotic is kind of your safety net so that the, the balance stays maintained. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people are like, oh, I'm having digestive issues. Like I want to take a probiotic. I think it's more the enzyme that you have to look at because your body is not creating enzymes at a you know quick enough rate. As we age, those things start to slow down. But a probiotic is really just more of an insurance policy. And you should be getting all of those nutrients from food sources and just having that as your safety net. So um, I would say definitely looking into working with someone to get that test done if you are having major problems or concerns there. Um, But, you know, grass-fed beef, if you're eating meat, if you're not, that's okay. But the quality of your meat really has a lot to do with your gut. Mm -hmm. Um, Increasing water and leafy greens just to make sure that you're really getting that fiber in that kind of pulls things together biodiversity, um, pre prebiotic is really important. I feel like we don't talk about that enough. 
Uh, artichokes are a really good source of that. And banana flour, easy to cook with, easy to put in your smoothies. Green banana flour, I should say. Um, and then turmeric. I mean, I feel like it's just a, a healing spice overall, but anything that's anti-inflammatory will really kind of help get things under control. I still don't think it's like a, a you know, long-term solution. Again, if people feel like they are dealing with it, but it's a good way to start supporting where you don't feel like it's a major investment and you can make these small changes without feeling like, okay, this is like a long-term thing. It's cheap enough. It's good for your health. It's not going to hurt you in either way, in any way. Um, but I would say like, those are some, some places to at least start. Um, I could tell you that cloves I've learned kill a lot of different strains of bacteria. So if you, you know, really like your pumpkin spice, like mix in some organic cloves there, that can really help eradicate some of the bad bacteria as well. Oh, that's so interesting. And I mean, I'm definitely getting this gut test. I'm so curious. <laughs> um, and I'm wondering, like, is it something where the probiotics that you take change over time? Because like you had that, that really bad strain, then once you eradicate it, does, is it sort of like herbalism where, you're, you know, we actually had a guest on recently who was talking to about how it, that's why you need to work with someone who's certified in these things because it's so nuanced and it changes and all of that. So I'm just curious how like the probiotic journey changes as your gut heals. Totally. So I would say it's one of those things, number one, testing doesn't just end at one test, right? Like we're going to test, put in a protocol, put a protocol into place, measure the results, retest, compare. I had seen that all the things were pretty much eradicated. She actually made this specific acne tincture too, with some herbs that were going to help combat whatever was going on there. She definitely thought that the source of it was the gut imbalance, but she really honed in and was like, let's like kill this. So for me, the probiotic was, um, it's by Claire Labs. And it was, I think it was factor four, which was basically just like a, a boost of um, bifido. I forgot exactly which strains it was. Cause now, like you said, I've moved on to something else. So I can get that information. Again, we're not suggesting that someone jump into yeah. that at all, but yes, it does change um, because you also want to, you know, again, like it's almost like biodynamic farming, right? Like you want all the different plants growing together to get this like healthy soil. It's the same thing in your body where you want to be feeding it different foods, which is so important, which creates different microbes and they feed off of it and create the good strains of bacteria. Um, so when there is something bad, I would say, yes, there's some sort of, there's an herbal component to kill. And then there's a probiotic, which is kind of like a refeed the gut. And then as you kind of maintain and stabilize, again, after retesting to see where you are, then you can adjust. Because I do think that sometimes you can overdo it. It's really hard to figure out what that is and the measurement and whatnot. Um, but I do find that, you know, just jumping to like skin products, hair products, I think it's good to find brands, more than one, honestly, that work for you because things stop working, right? Like our hair changes, our skin changes. You can find something that you really love, but sometimes you're like, oh, my hair is just like not looking like it was. I need to switch it up. And then you can go back to it. I think it's the same thing with supplements. I never, ever recommend that someone stay on something for, you know, more than six to 12 months, depending on, on what they're trying to achieve. Um, because again, supplements is exactly what, it, you know, it's a supplementation. Your diet 
your lifestyle, all of those things should be enough where you're just taking those things as an insurance policy. It should not be like a forever, a forever fix. And again, that's the value of testing is kind of measuring where we're starting. Let's see what our progress was and where we're going. And if we need to pivot and go into a different direction, we have that information. And same thing going back to when I was, you know, taking my temperatures and seeing that I wasn't ovulating. I had gone to the naturopath and said, I'm not ovulating. She said, well, you can ovulate and not have a period, which is true. I said, well, here are the last four months of me taking my temperature and it's a sawtooth. There's like absolutely no thermal shift. And she said, this is great. This is, this is data. This is something that I can work with. And you go to someone and say, this is my problem. And I'm showing you why. And that's what the testing I find is super valuable. Although can be pricey, can be a little bit stressful because you have to follow a protocol. It's giving you real information and you're not just guessing and you're not just willy-nilly spending money or, you know, doing things that aren't helping and kind of pushing you out a little bit further from the time that you can get back into balance. Absolutely. And I think we were kind of chatting a little bit about this before we started recording, but also like kind of where a health coach fits into that puzzle is helping to give you that support for actually like implementing it in your life. Because I'm sure you probably found like I've worked with a naturopath too. They give you all of this great information, but there's not really like practical tips for how you actually interpret that in your real life. Totally. And honestly, working with a naturopath, as we both know, their hourly rate is insane. So, (laughs) you know, you're meeting with them once or once a month or once every other month, whatever, whatever it is, but health coach just offers so much more support for much, you know, much less money where you can say, okay, I, I need this support. This is where I'm going to get it from. And I think, um, you know, the clients that you work with as well too, like you benefit too from understanding what other practitioners they're working with and what their approach is, because we're kind of like the, the glue that holds it all together. Like, just cause you work with a health coach doesn't mean you're not going to your doctor anymore. Like exactly. absolutely not what's happening. I want to know what your doctor's telling you. I want to know what's going on. I want to know if you're getting blood work done. I want to know what you're eating, all of those things. And we kind of just are in the middle and saying, okay, well, you should be asking your doctor these questions, or have you thought about switching and seeing this type of doctor? Like, that's the beauty of it is that we're not tied to like one sector. Um, You know, I can talk to anyone about like hormonal health and nutrition and exercise and not necessarily have to be a specialist in one or the other, but that's the hub. And that's like what we want to see is like all of the facets that create wellness. We're like the center hub of it and make sure that everything is in harmony. I love that. Absolutely love that. I think that kind of brings me to like, I feel like when it comes to conceiving, getting pregnant, there's a lot of like, quote unquote, wives tales kinds of things out there. And I'm just curious, cause you know, obviously another thing that we offer is just like truly that holistic view in every possible way. So are there other things that you think contributed to you ultimately being able to conceive or just general tips for people? Yeah. I mean, obviously a high quality prenatal is so important. Um, that's not something that necessarily would induce ovulation or, uh, you know, promote it, but it is very important. Um, one of the books that I read that I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with is beyond the pill by Dr. Jolene Brighton. She suggests that you give yourself three to six months to really rebuild all of those stores because she knows that your body is depleted of nutrients. She knows the gut 
is completely destroyed and suggests you just start taking the prenatal again that was something i was looking for from my ob was like okay if i'm not going off the pill what should i be doing she never once mentioned getting like taking a, a prenatal before she was like no you just need it when you're pregnant and that's i think where some of the information is just very skewed is like there's just not enough research education support that everyone has access to to show like these are the things that help with conception do i think that that helped me get pregnant no but it, do i think my body was in a very good place when i conceived yeah you know, I, do I think that way? Yes. And I think that's what, you know, Dr. Jolene was saying is like, you have a much higher chance of having a healthy pregnancy when you were healthy, when you conceived, it's not the other way around where you're not so healthy, you get pregnant and then you're trying to take care of your body and your baby because your baby takes everything from you. I mean, I went to the doctor the other day and she was like, you're borderline anemic because the baby's taking so much iron from me. So you know, I did start supplementing with iron, but like, I don't have an, I don't have an issue when I'm not pregnant. So it really just goes to show, I mean, I think my levels were 53 in July when I went for my annual and I just got tested a few weeks ago and I was 13. Wow. And like diet, <laughs> diet hasn't changed much, like still eating leafy greens, still eating, you know, um, grass fed beef and all that. So it just goes to show that like your stores have to be optimal for you to even feel good during pregnancy because you wanna be supporting your baby in all those ways that you can. Um, I think going back to what we were talking about with like exercise and you know, like slowing down, deep breathing really helps. Um, it signals the brain that like, you just need to chill out. Going back to cortisol, I know we like slightly touched on it a little bit, but if your levels of cortisol are through the roof, your body's just not gonna know what to do. Um, reproduction is not considered a um, it's not considered essential for survival. So obviously like, you know, breathing, eating, like all your digestive system, all those things are more important. Reproduction goes to the end of the line, because if the human body says, okay, if you, if you're not in a state where you can take care of yourself, you are not in a state where you can birth a child and take care of that baby, that animal, whatever it is. Um, so it's a very innate way uh, that the body works. And unfortunately, until we deal with all those stressors and those things that are going on and imbalances, that's when reproduction suffers. And, you know, <laughs> conventional medicine will just be like, well, here's a pill, here's a shot that can just like, you know, go over all those things, right? Get you pregnant. And then you have this baby and you're dealing with, you know, you're dealing with deficiencies and you're dealing with postpartum and all these things that may or may not, again, there's no research, but if you think about it, may or may not have been able to be kind of eliminated or at least not as severe because you are healthy yourself and in a good place and not stressing about getting pregnant. So for me, a lot of like meditation is hard for me to sit for so long. It really is, but just like deep breathing. So doing like the four, five, four, the four, five, seven, there's like all these different counts, um, which we can share in the notes. But, um, I felt like that really helped me just to like regain some some like composure and say like, this is gonna work out, whatever it's gonna be, uh, you know, everything's going to be fine and work out. Um, I was told that if you wear socks, it can help you when you're trying to conceive. Um, so I've been wearing socks for like three years now to bed. <laughs> I wasn't a sock wearer before, um, but if you think about the body and how we're structurally uh, made, 
your feet are connected basically to your uterus. You know, if you look at the skeleton and the muscular system. So the naturopath was saying, you know, you want to keep your feet warm. That's what's going to warm your uterus. That's when it, what's going to kind of, you know, keep everything like ready to go, kind of like your digestive fire. That's, that's the key to your uterus is to wear socks at night. Um, again, I don't know if that's a little wives tale. It's something that if anyone's trying or wanting to try, it can't hurt you. And it's actually quite nice to sleep with socks on. And now it's like, <laughs> for me. um, but I would say, yeah, like consistent exercise routine, um, healthy, healthy diet. And again, going back, I know that means something different for everyone, but just making small changes and saying, okay, you know what? I'm just going to add if, if, you know, if there's something in your diet, that's not making you feel great, kind of take it out a little bit and try adding new things. Nobody is going to, I mean, I hope there's no doctor or nutritionist practitioner that would argue that you will benefit from eating more leafy greens. There's not one person that I know that has <laughs> said, no, that's not true. Um, so if you feel like you are struggling and you just need a place to start, just make a nice smoothie. And it doesn't always have to be this like freezing cold, icy, you know, fruity smoothie. It could be room temperature. You can add some ashwagandha in there to kind of relax you. You can add some lemon and ginger for gut health too. And, you know, stomach easing. There's a lot of things you could put into a smoothie that make it super beneficial and get all of those vegetables that like you might not always want to eat. Um, and I always feel like starting your day off with something like that is just like brings a lot of energy. And again, I don't know if that's always mental or just like something that I'm used to doing, um, but I always feel better when I do kind of get all those things in, in the beginning of the day. Um, you know, I know we haven't touched on like skincare or toxicity in the home, but converting as much as you can um, product wise in the house, cleaning products, especially white vinegar goes a long way, baking soda, um, essential oils for cleaning. Uh, and again, beauty products, you can just check out EWG. They have the Skin Deep app you can put on your phone. They have the Think, uh, Think Dirty separate, but there's a Think Dirty app where you're in a store and you can just say like, here's the barcode, scan it look at the ingredients and it'll tell you if it's good or bad. We have so much access to this information. And I think all of those things add up. Um, I was listening to Dr. Jolene Brighton had a conference a few, two years ago, I think. And one of the doctors who was on said that they took, that they sampled a group of young girls who were using like Victoria's Secret perfume and Bath and Body Works creams, like all of those things. And you can reduce your exposure to the fragrance. Um, even like then they related it to BPA with um, canned goods. So obviously like getting goods that are, you know, that say non-BPA or BPA free lining. Um, you can reduce that exposure up to 60% in 30 days. It's wow. insane. So these, again, these young girls, they tested their levels of toxicity and then had them go without for three days and saw that the heavy metals, the fragrance, like all the things that their body and skin were absorbing were reduced by 60% in just three days. So these changes can be super effective very quickly. It's just a matter of like how long you can sustain them. And I think those are very easy changes. Like when I work with people or even friends and family who get like overwhelmed and are like, I want to order a whole new skincare line. It's like, no, start replacing what you're done with, with something better. 
Yeah. So your wallet doesn't suffer. Your skin doesn't suffer. Um, you know, one of the challenges is that I feel like, again, people want to start doing all these things at once. It's like, you don't know what's, what's helping you. And if something is negative, like if you're getting a skin reaction to something, you don't necessarily know what product is causing that. So I'm a very like start slow. It's going to take a little bit of time approach. And again, you really get to see what's, you know, what's necessary. Sometimes I think less is more, um, you know, in general. So those would be like um, product recommendations would just be like, you know, especially starting in your house. I feel like that might be the easiest thing to do because you're not, you know, married to anything. It's just like, nope, get rid of the bleach, get rid of the Windex. Like there are, there's tons of recipe, um, I guess we can call it a recipe, but there's tons of like home, um, home product ideas that you can get um, online. I can share a few resources that I've used. Wellness Mama has like a, a bunch of them too that I um, refer to a ton. And then, you know, self-care is like, this like buzzword that I feel like we've all used, but self-care looks different for everyone. Um, and I think you need to focus on that at some, to some capacity. You know, I think sometimes we all look at influence and we're like, oh, you know, they, they meditate for 20 minutes a day and they journal and they do this and that. And like, who has time for that? Sometimes self-care is just like organizing your closet with a cup of tea, listening to podcasts, like by yourself, like having alone time, especially as a mom, like, I know that was like one of the things that you want to talk about too, was what does that look like? It doesn't, for me, I don't have like this glamorous routine, like I used to. And that's okay, because I've accepted this identity as mom. And I want to give as much as I can to my kids, while still being, um, you know, good with myself. But again, like just stepping away and like, doing a face mask, like reading a book at night, when he goes to sleep, like, that is taking care of me because I'm getting a minute to breathe. But I also feel like self-care can look like, you know, supporting other women. I feel like we've gone through this movement where like we all want to see one another do well and be there for each other. And to me, again, going back to being a health coach, like that to me feels like I'm taking care of myself because I'm taking care of other people, friends and family who want support. And like, what, what else could you ask for? Absolutely. I love that. Love that so much. And I think it's so nice to, to just kind of like accept that evolution of life. Like, and even whether it's obviously you're just at a different phase, you're in your mom phase and everything, especially mom of small kids. And I think it's also like accepting the day to day that like what you need from one day to the next is going to be different. Even if you are someone who doesn't have let's say all the commitments that you do, it doesn't have to be this like super rigid, solid way that we take care of ourselves. Sometimes self-care is just being tapped into what you actually need. Exactly. Totally. So I feel like I could literally talk to you forever (laughs) and there were so many like amazing tidbits in here, but I do want to ask you the question that I ask everyone when they come on the show, which is what is something toxic that you have released that's had a major impact on your life? So I thought long and hard about this and I think it might be kind of broad, but I think a lot of people can relate to is I've released the past. I think a lot of times I was getting stuck, especially with my journey about what I thought life was going to look like. Right. So the past for me was, you know, I was in relationships that and friendships with people that changed and, you know, things just happen for a reason. 
And I think understanding, like I need to move forward and I need to look and see what my future holds, but be super present because every time I look back, I realized either I wasn't paying attention and I missed something or I was holding on to something that wasn't realistic. And it's this like expectation that again, all just goes to mindset and says like, you know, especially now with COVID and, and everything we've been dealing with for the past two years is I'm sure a lot of people never imagined their lives looking the way that it does right now, whether you're stuck home with kids, you can't travel, you can't have a wedding, you can't meet someone because it's hard to like go out and be social. You know, how, do, how are we still maintaining our lives and living with, with this like new situation, this like new normal, which I know has been coined and I feel like hopefully we'll get back to, to whatever that means. But at the same time, we can't stop we can't put everything on hold because this isn't what we thought it was, you know, was going to happen. So for me, it was very toxic to keep looking back and like wishing things were the same. And I am very much, I struggle with, you know, wanting to get to the next level and the next step for things. So for me, it was like, oh, I want to be, you know, I want to be engaged. Oh, I want to be living together. Oh, I want to get married. Oh, I want to have kids. And when one of those things really, was hard for me that's when I realized like am I gonna waste my life just you know wishing and wanting something without actually living um and that's when I realized you know again I'm a mom now I finally am in a place where I feel like this is what I've always wanted but we can always want more and we have to learn to just be super present and happy with what's going on because now more than ever I see time flying by because every day my son wakes up and is doing something different, saying another word. And you, we, I, I just have tr been trying so hard to enjoy right now, not think about anything that was happening in the past and even in the future. And for me, that was very, very toxic was just to keep like harping on things that ha had happened, not letting it go. And then just being disappointed that my future didn't look exactly um, the way you know, I wanted to at the moment and now being in the place where I can accept it all and say like, this is exactly the way my life is supposed to be. I love that. I think that's so beautiful. I think it's so relatable. I think all of us are, and it's funny with the mom dynamic too, because we mostly are in a rush for whatever the next step is. But now it's, I feel like moms are like, slow down time. I don't want them to see them grow up. So it's like, just like you said, being present in that moment and just enjoying every part of the present. Yeah. Like I, and I always say to, you know, people who are younger too, that are like, Oh, I can't wait for this. It can wait. It can wait. I've never, I will never say that like, I can't wait for the next holiday, whatever it is now, because when you have a little one, it's like, you're never going to be this little for Christmas again, right? Like next year you're going to be older and next summer you're going to be older. And you're right. It just, it kind of gives you the sense of like, I don't want time to pass. I don't, you know, everything I'm looking forward to is going to come and then I'm going to lose something too. And for me, I have to let those be memories and not just like wishing that my son was a newborn again. Like it's just, it's hard because then you don't focus on like the, the stages that you're in now. And um, I think that's just a function of, you know, when time goes by fast and you really think about it, it is sad, but there's so much happiness to look forward to. Absolutely. And just before we kind of close, I also 
we had been chatting a little bit about some resources that kind of have helped you throughout your process when you were trying to get pregnant. If you just want to share a couple of those, you mentioned that, um, beyond the pill book, was there anything else? Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> so when I was told that I had PCOS, I immediately ordered a book, eight steps to reversing your PCOS. I, even though it was post-pill PCOS, this still just had like a ton of recipes that I think are really good for hormone balance in general. Um, you know, she kind of goes through each step. So the first one, I'll just take you quickly through it, but is addressing inflammation, which is something that, you know, you and I work with in our practices and we talk about insulin resistance would be the next part. So that's when it's super important to test your cortisol as well. Um, balancing your adrenals and improving mood. Again, going back to meditation, adrenal stress, things like that. Um, there are herbs and supplements for that too, but I think a lot of it can be, you know, self-taught. Um, treating excess estrogen. I mean, sorry, androgens, which is, uh, you know, acne related to, um, thyroid, which I know we didn't talk about, we can do another day, but thyroid has a lot to, you know, to do with hormonal balance as well. Um, and then she talks about diet, which again, might not be the same for everyone, but you know, the foundation is healthy fats, you know, greens, whether you're on a plant, whether you're plant-based or not or you do eat a little bit of meat, getting those good quality, um, getting good quality protein in is definitely important. And just like nourishing your body for what feels best. Um, so I would say, even if you don't have, uh, if you don't have PCOS, this is a great um, program that she put together to help um, reset hormones and repair fertility, restore fertility. And I think it's re repair metabolism or something like that. And then I do have like a host of other books that I can share and pull out, but I did want to talk to, there's any moms listening or, you know, pregnant women who are, haven't delivered yet, or, you know, are on to their second child. Postpartum is really important too. And I think that's not something that's talked about enough. Um, Kimberly Ann Johnson wrote the fourth trimester, which really just kind of helps you understand like how to how to deal with not just the healing of your body, but your emotions, your vitality, and kind of getting you back to a place where um, your identity as a mom shifts so much. And going back to self-care, it, it becomes like just being alone and like being able to breathe and take a few minutes to yourself. And I think this book was a really good resource to kind of just like walk you through the process of that. And it's just a really good reference. Then there's also the... Um, the first 40 days, which is basically the 40 days after you give birth and how to um, nurture your body and kind of just like get back to a place because you are, you know, you basically just birthed new life and need to replenish yourself and take care of yourself so you can take care of the baby. Um, this all, this sparks my interest to become a postpartum doula too, because I feel like there's just not enough support out there for moms. And I do find that these resources are just really helpful. I know it can be daunting to read an entire book sometimes, but, um, it's, it's just a great resource to have. So definitely happy to share if there's anyone interested in yeah, and listening, <laughs> yeah. always listen if you need to. Yes. Yes. That's true. That's true. So. Well, thank you so much. I mean, I would love for you to just kind of plug how people can follow you, connect with you, work with you. Sure. Yeah. So um, I can be found on Instagram. My handle is be well with CL. Um, my email is be well with CL, 
bewellwithcl at gmail.com. Um, currently don't have a website. I guess going back to like the coaching space a little bit is when I was going through a lot of my own health challenges, I kind of hit pause a little bit and didn't really, you know, I just work with people like in minimal um, capacities, but I am looking to hopefully come spring, summer, um, do a reset program. Nicole, maybe you and I can partner on uh, something fun together too, to kind of get um, people together. But that's pretty much where I can be followed right now. Um, I do work with Sakara, which has been an incredible um, source for health too. I do find that a lot of people um, really enjoy their products and uh, you know, it's, it's hard to find um, good quality meal plans that are um, accessible. And I think they do a really good job there. Um, I work with Organic Olivia, I work with Pact, and I'm also a beauty counter advocate. So if anyone has any questions about any of, um, you know, anything surrounding that, those areas, those are brands that I've been supporting and using for quite some time now, and I feel comfortable um, partnering with them. So I love that. And we'll, of course, like link up to all of this in the show notes. And I just, this was so much fun. I think there was just so much amazing information. I think the listeners will love it so much and congrats on your second pregnancy and new one on yeah. the way soon. Yeah. And thank you for coming on. Yes. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. So many amazing takeaways in this episode. I'm going to sum up the big ones. So number one, rather than just accepting a diagnosis or in general, not feeling well, start by making healthy diet and lifestyle changes to see if you see a positive impact. And this is something that a health coach can help with. So someone like Cassie or myself, and if after three to six months, you aren't seeing positive shifts, consider investing in a practitioner to get testing and support. Number two, everybody's body is so different. So be open to trying new things and know that health isn't one size fits all. So if something's working for somebody you know, it's great to try that out, but understand that that doesn't necessarily mean it will work for you. Number three, fertility issues, acne, and other issues could be an indication of something deeper that's happening. So it's important to try and get to the source for true healing rather than putting band-aids on those individual symptoms. Number four, our gut is our second brain and has a major impact on our hormones. It doesn't just display as a GI issue if there's something wrong going on in our gut. It could be the underlying cause of other issues that we're experiencing. Number five, focus on getting healthy before you conceive rather than just once you conceive because it will ultimately make the pregnancy easier and postpartum. Number six, make sure to support yourself postpartum. So that might look like reading some of the books that are recommended in the show notes that Cassie mentioned, talking to somebody about it, but just understanding that obviously this is a very happy and exciting time, but it's also a really difficult and challenging time emotionally, physically, all of the above. So honor yourself and support yourself. And number seven, being present in the moment is really how we make the most out of our lives. So trying to stop ourselves from always focusing on the next step or the past. So this episode, again, just had so many amazing tidbits in it. And I would love if you would share it with someone who is struggling with rebalancing their hormones, getting pregnant, really anything related to hormones and health in general. There is just so much to be taken away from this episode. And I would also love if you're enjoying the show to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to support the show. I hope you guys enjoyed this one and I hope you have a great day. I'll see you on the next one. Bye.